Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Emily Christofferson. Emily is a business strategist for entrepreneurs who can't figure out how to get to the next income tax bracket without burning their business or themselves to the ground. She shows them how to manage their energy along with simplified strategy and purposeful planning so that they can get back to loving their business once again. Emily has been behind the scenes of many online coaching and service-based businesses for over 10 years now. She's seen what works, what doesn't, and most importantly, why. She also brings a unique background of eating psychology and integrative nutrition. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much, Angel. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, Emily, it's very interesting that you love to help entrepreneurs figure out how to get to the next income tax bracket. I love that part of your introduction there. So let's talk about that. So, you know, one of the things that I noticed in my own journey was that as I hit each sort of milestone, like when I first started in my business, like in this business, in the online space, serving people around the world and expressing myself and sharing my message and mentoring people. My first year, it was like a $40,000 a year. And then I went through some things and ultimately my next year was like 174,000. And what I noticed was there's definitely a difference in each level. So can you talk about either your own journey with this or some of the things that you have seen And maybe milestones are things that we should look at at each level, like five-figure business, six-figure business, multi-six-figure business, seven-figure business, and beyond. Mm -hmm. I feel like the most important piece that people need to realize as they're getting to the next level or as they're leveling up in their business, whether that's in terms of wealth or what it is that they're doing, is realizing that what got you to one place is not what's going to get you to the next place. And what I saw in the work that I did behind the scenes of many successful businesses was that they were usually working in a certain way to get to six figures. And then I would join and they might have the intention, let's say, of leveraging the offers. So moving beyond one-to-one to get past six figures. And they would show up in that same way. So they were putting a lot of effort in. They were thinking that they needed to work really hard. And so it's that thought of how could I work any harder than I am now to get to the next level or to make more money? And that's a really huge shift for a lot of women who are in business because we're attached to our business or we think of our business often as our 
baby or our child. And so it's really helping clients, my clients, to make that transition to the CEO as having more energy and having more ease. And in order to do that, it really starts with awareness and realizing that first point, which is the way that you got to where you are now is not likely how you're going to continue. Even the tasks that you're doing in your business, there might be some things that you enjoy that no longer make sense for you and would make sense for someone else to do. So there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to that. And I feel like awareness is really that first step. So being aware in terms of your schedule, your time, your focus, all of that. Mm, Yeah, beautiful. Well, you know, I've also gone through that process of leveling up, plateauing, burning out, literally throwing my business into the fire. I had a giant fire ceremony in March of (laughs) 2017, and I threw everything into the fire. And then I ended up coming back to myself and saying, okay, I still have a mortgage to pay, right? Mm -hmm. And put myself out at that time to be doing sales for other mentors and other coaches for a short period of time. So what I'd like to ask you, Emily, now is sometimes there's a push maybe in the market or the collective to level up, level up, level up, right? That may or may not come really authentically from within. And I'm curious if you have seen that challenge and if so, how you help people to to really get clear on what do they actually really want. Right. Yeah. I feel like in the online space, there is this book push, especially in the last few years around making money. I feel like we used to say, oh, I just want to get to six figures. Now it's seven figures and soon it feels like it's going to be eight. So it's almost like there's never enough or it's never going to be enough. And I think the biggest thing is just stopping and sometimes disconnecting or unplugging and then considering for yourself what it is that you really want. So what is your definition of a success? I know for me in my business, what happened was when I first hit six figures, I was working a lot and I also had the belief that I needed to keep working. So I just kept working, working, and I was doing really great work and I was primarily doing client fulfillment. So that was one of my first mistakes was letting go of some of the business management or business development marketing pieces and focusing so much on my clients. But that was because there was a lot of work and that's how I was getting paid. And then it was, okay, I need to start making some shifts. But even as I was making those shifts, I was bringing those old habits of just working and over-efforting and over-delivering. And so I also ended up in burnout and exhaustion and went through that whole process too. And through it, I realized what was most important. So I went back to why I started my business, which was really for my son. And so I realized really quickly that the way that I had set up my business and the way that I was showing up actually wasn't honoring my initial intention with my business. But I don't think I would have realized that without some reflection and without some pause or unplugging from the space. And I feel like that almost digital detox is one of the very first steps that a lot of my clients need to go through. Not that you shouldn't always be learning or not that there's valuable content that you can be consuming, but sometimes it is you just need that little bit of space, whether it's a 15 minute pause in your week or whether it is a vacation that is truly unplugged for the very first time and working towards that and what needs to be set up in order to have that. 
Yeah. So as you're saying that, Emily, what immediately comes into my mind is how your background in eating psychology and integrative nutrition may be informing this idea of, you know, stopping and taking space and really discerning, am I in alignment with my intention? Also, I love what you said about we do not have to be consuming content ourselves 24-7 either, right? And that was that was one of my experiences as well, was I felt like things were going well and things were growing and expanding. And then all of a sudden, like the world is constantly growing and expanding too. And I hit a place where I was just literally eating, eating, eating as much content as I could, filling, I was like overfull with learning and trying to then transmit like, what I was digesting and serving others with. And so I'd love to hear how your background in eating psychology and integrative nutrition is actually informing your work and how it supports your clients. Yeah. So a few years ago, mostly out of a passion, I decided to go to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and I was there for a year. I also decided to go to the Institute of Psychology of Eating after that to deepen my learning. And I would say that the biggest thing for me was the shift in how I saw my energy levels, how I used my energy. So it was really, I think I had a a focus on productivity. So time blocking, using my calendar, I'm really good at all of that, but it wasn't working for me anymore. So I was looking for something else. And the eating psychology really helped me with a mindset shift of looking and seeing that there's actually gifts or there's lessons, soul lessons in my fatigue. And so the only way then for me to figure that out was to slow down and take that time to listen. And I feel like the other piece of it too, is having the grace or the compassion with myself to say, oh, of course, you know, when I look at entrepreneurs today in terms of how fast we're moving and how much we're using our mind for decisions and creative energy, no wonder we're tired, no wonder we're stressed. And so that was the piece that I learned from the education of having compassion for myself, which really then changed everything. But I think in terms of my work, then it's really helping my clients to look at what is the gift or what is the lesson? Maybe it is asking for a different direction, or maybe it's asking you to revise your business model, or maybe it's asking you to spend some time in your health or with relationships. You know, I had a client years ago who really talked about the sacrifice that was needed to have success in her business. And she no longer has a business. So she's one of my inspirations for what I do now in that she burned her business to the ground and decided that she would go in a completely different direction. But what I saw from her was that she was really missing out on all of those relationships. So all of the friendships, all the social activities that she said no to, to do the work, because that's what she thought she had to do to reach a certain level of success. So sometimes that fatigue then is showing up not necessarily as something that you need to, you know, eat or sleep or those things that we typically think there could be something deeper or something psychological that we need to address. And I feel like when I get to that point and figure it out or help a client to figure out that's the most exciting piece. And they may not think it is exciting, but, you know, looking back, we can always see that there's a reason of why. Beautiful. And so that, yeah. Yeah. So I love this idea of there's soul lessons in our fatigue. So Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have you give an example of, you know, how 
Like, how do you figure out whether it's underneath and deeper into the soul? And, you know, maybe a a great example of somebody that you worked with where in the work, you know, however you do your work in the work, it became clear that it was really the soul message that wanted to come through. So I have an example of a client that I work with for about a year. And what I saw from the start was that she was trying to fit herself into a model. So she had previously worked with a coach for a while and had been trying to create a business based on the coach's business. And this is not uncommon, but when she came to me, what she had realized was she had this outward success yet was not happy, not feeling fulfilled and not sure why. And it was presenting as I'm just so tired. I don't know what I need to do differently. I don't know how I need to show up. And she would talk about her calendar and we definitely did work on her calendar at the start, but it was so interesting because it was clear that there was something else. So in that example, it was really about how to do more that fit her. So how to gather her strengths and lean into her strengths, how to create a business around her that fit her life, fit her energy levels, fit the way that she wanted to show up. So a lot of it was the coaching around what is it that you actually want? Mm -hmm. And when she came to me, what was interesting is that I have a client intake form that my clients filled out and I asked them what they want. The very first thing is that she wanted to make $750,000. She was perfectly clear. Mm -hmm. And by the end of working together, her her main goal was that she wanted to spend the summer by a lake. Mm-hmm. And yes, there were impacts. She had a launch that was $90,000, which was more than she had had. There were lots of positive things. However, the biggest positive thing was really actually getting clear on what it is that she wanted. What did she want her business to allow her to create? What did she want to create through her business? A lot of that is really just good coaching in terms of questions, asking A lot of times we don't have a space that is totally dedicated to what it is that we want to create. So it was a really magical experience, I think, for both of us, I could say. Beautiful. I love it. Well, we're going to go to our break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how people can get in touch with you. Right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show, please consider joining our community, making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're now up to 108 countries, so we're going to shout out this week to our listeners in Toronto area, Canada, including where Emily is from, and Belgium and Slovakia. And we will be right back with Emily Christofferson. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? A life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. 
Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Emily Christofferson. You can find out more about Emily at emilychristofferson.com. We will have that link for you in the show notes. Before we went to the break, we were talking about one of her clients who started out with this very clear goal that she wanted to create $750,000 and ultimately got clear in the work with Emily that what she really wanted was two months by the lake. And so... What I want to say here, Emily, or ask you about here is often the money piece I have found, and I do a lot of work helping people with the money piece, right? Getting really clear on what the actual money is that they require and the money that needs to come in in order for them to get the kind of support that they need. And for for myself and for many clients, there's sometimes this weird like chicken and egg thing. Like, I need more support, but I have to pay the support. How do I make the money and the support and the working and all the things work together? So do you ever have any work that you do with people around the money piece of it? And how do you help them in that way? Yeah. So often when someone comes to me and they're experiencing some level of burnout, they feel like I have to take a complete break. However, there's the money piece. And so I would say that in my work, the biggest piece is around how to still make the money and not abandon your business or not not make the money in sacrifice of you looking after your health. So it's how to show up for your business in a way. And most of the time, it looks at what is working. So what is working based on data, not just your emotion or instinct. Sometimes that obviously is valuable too, but looking at the data and using that to make some decisions in your business and being really clear in terms of why it is that you're doing what you're doing. So if you know what you're doing and you know what the intention is behind it, a lot of times then you can show up and you can do the work. And it doesn't have to be this exhausting long hours, long days type thing. So yes, the money piece is an important piece of it. And I feel like when you're clear on the activities in your business, specifically marketing and sales activities, and why it is that you're doing what you're doing, a lot of times one of my clients will say, oh, I just love how you can tell me what I can stop doing. So here's all the things that you can stop doing. So I feel like, yes, the money piece is discussed, but a lot of times it goes deeper than that when we start discussing money. Sure. So. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing here, and I like to say myself, stop being seduced by the culture of busy. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of we have to work hard in order to succeed, we it feels to me like we are actually being invited collectively to dismantle that idea. And especially as more and more, we'll call it convenient you know, new ways of doing things, the convenient new ways of doing things arise. It's not so much about us figuring out how to make ourselves experts in that convenient new way, but it's rather us making decisions to leverage those ways and then have permission to to rest and have open space. 
So can you talk about the resistance you might find in your clients when they do get the open space opened up for them? Do you ever notice that they want to put more to-dos on their to-do list? Is that a problem? Yes. (laughs) So that is a very uncomfortable feeling for a lot of my clients. And it comes with a lot of mindset Mm -hmm. (laughs) issues that come up. And it's always fascinating to see what, what does come up. But yes. And really, because I have seen it over and over, then I know what to expect. And I know to guide them that they need to put more life likely into that rest time. The other piece too, is that we talk about what does that look like? Because the chances are that disappointment, that challenges, that regrets are going to come up during that Mm -hmm. time when you're not so busy, just anticipating that, knowing having someone else guide you who knows what it's likely to look like. That is a really big piece of it. But I think that it's just learning how to sit and navigate that discomfort. And a lot of entrepreneurs already have the experience of doing so. You know, when you take a next leap or you go to pitch yourself or there's opportunity that is new and exciting or possibly outside of your comfort zone, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to feel the same way but it's going to be different. And for a lot of my clients, it's the very first time because they've always been high achievers, Mm -hmm. whether they came from a corporate background or not, they have succeeded in some area of their life. And so they are a go-getter. So it takes some unprogramming and really pausing. And again, I feel like it goes back to those lessons, you know, our energy or fatigue are asking us to pay attention, possibly humble us, make us wiser to possibly limit our focus. And so none of this is bad. There's no bad news. It's just knowing what to expect and then having some support as you navigate that discomfort and sit in it without filling it up. Yeah, well, I really love that you're presencing that often we keep ourselves busy to avoid feeling the feelings that we don't want to feel that some of those feelings can be showing up as a result of keeping ourselves so busy. But sometimes we keep ourselves busy because there's a lot deeper things going on. So I love that you help people with that. So why don't you tell us like, you know, the challenge here, Emily, was certainly with somebody like you and the work that you do is how do we know when we like the best client for you to work with? Like, how do we know when we're getting too close to the fire right? So that we can get the help before like actually being in the in flames. You know what I right. mean? Yes. So the way I equate it is almost like a lawyer. A lot of times, so I've had clients, even I'm thinking of a parenting coach. Typically you wouldn't hire, let's say a parenting coach when things are going, okay, you probably need it to get bad enough. And so in my work, there is a level of education But I feel like it doesn't have to get to that point. And for me, what I experienced was this nagging feeling over and over and over at the end of the day, thinking, okay, this is not working. I know that there has to be something different. I know that I need to make a change. Or I remember one time I was having a conversation with an accountability buddy and she made a comment that she hadn't been outside all week. And I just thought, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to turn into that. And so... It really is. I feel like the best word is just intention, being intentional. And that's really what what I think it is. So when you're intentional, I feel like you can also recognize some of those symptoms or those signs a little bit earlier. And that would be, you know, someone who I would want to work with before once they have that nagging feeling. And okay, what is something that I 
can do right. about it before it gets too bad. Right. So what I'm hearing there is if you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm doing this stuff and it's not working anymore or it's not working. It could be it's not working anymore because a lot of times things that work stop working. Mm-hmm. I've had that experience, you know, yes. and and it seems to me like, you know, things go in cycles. There's like, oh, blab and oh, club clubhouse. And oh, like we constantly have these shiny objects that invite us to distract ourselves. But we also seem to have these like bubbles of opportunity, right? But then the bubble eventually dissolves and disintegrates and we get to that place where it's not working anymore. So if you're listening, wherever you are in the world, if you're listening and you're saying to yourself, well, this isn't really working, trust, trust your own knowing about that and get help now before the not working becomes to the point where you personally are not working, where this is not working becomes I'm not working. Like things are just not working in my life. Is is that what I'm hearing, Emily? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure uh, you've had this experience. It's a slow build. <laughs> so, you know, it can take, for me, it took years to get to the point before I said this is enough. Yeah. Sooner is better. Sooner is definitely better. You do not need to exhaust yourself and you do not need to get to the point where it's causing pain, causing Mm -hmm. pain. I mean, I know many entrepreneurs who not only burned their business down, but they literally burned themselves out personally and had health crises raising my hand here. You know, it's just, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. So in the last couple of minutes that we have here, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about, I think this is a distinctly feminine thing or woman thing that we have been conditioned for 5,000 years or more to be laboring in ways that are unseen or uncompensated. And in the last 50 years or so, we're also, you know, laboring and producing in an obvious way. And So I'd love to hear you talk about over-delivering and maybe even the volunteer mindset that causes so much havoc in in businesses. I feel like it's a lot. So as a single mom, it's a lot of what I experience as being a mom. There's lots of expectations and we have a definition of what it looks like or what it appears to look like to be a good mom. And I feel like it's the same way for us women, that there's this societal definition of what it looks like to be a, you know, good woman or contribute to society or take care of others. I feel like that caretaking piece is really the differentiator between men and women, how we show up. And I also have seen through the work of my clients and my own experience in terms of the division of labor and what is required at home. So a lot of times we are not just looking after our business. We are also looking after our children, our household, other people that we care about. And that is almost assumed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like That is the first step is just to look at and see, okay, how am I spending my time and energy? What support do I have? Realizing that you likely need layers of support as a woman who is in business. 
And the piece of over-delivering, I feel like is probably deeper. Sometimes I have suggested to a client that it would be valuable for them to go to therapy. I know in my own work, one of my layer of support is having a therapist. And we've talked a lot about, you know, the need for validation. So as I was in the business world, I worked very hard and I got a lot of approval. I translated that, worked very hard and got a lot of approval. And so there's a lot of layers and it can go really deep for women. And I just encourage them to get a lot of support from other women who understand it or who are in it. And then looking at the system that they have. Mm, Beautiful. I love that. Well, ladies, I want you to hear it never hurts to ask for help. And so reach out to Emily if anything that she has said today resonates with you. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's episode. Go right now to www.wickedlysmartwomen.com to join our community, share your takeaways, ask questions, or submit guest suggestions. We also want to let you know about our number one new release in six categories book, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action and Transforming Worlds. Volume one received 34 different distinctions when we launched in January of 2023. We are doing a volume two. So if you're interested in sharing your story, please reach out. You can go ahead and let us know at the listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com email if you would like to find out more about the opportunity to participate in volume two. All right. We want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.